really great to be here today. I'm really looking forward to this day of practice. Uh, it's good to see everybody, some people who I know for a long time, some people who I, I'm just meeting today. So it's really, uh, it's always a, a real uh, pleasure and uh, really meaningful for me to come to New York Insight since, as Jed said, I was one of the founders. Uh, one of the things that we always tried to do at the beginning before we had this space and we would go to different spaces and of course you, you want to do it here is try to be able to create a container in this city where people can develop their practice. Uh, the conditions in which we practice, you know, when we first started New York Insight, people said, oh, you can't do it in New York, which I just took as a challenge. You know, yeah, we can do this in New York, uh, but there's certain things that, that Personally, I always felt were very important in terms of being able to uh, create a space in the city or anywhere else where we can develop our practice. Today, we're, we're going to work with uh, brightening the mind, uh, which is really a heart practice, cultivating the heart quality of appreciation or appreciative joy. And in order to be able to train the heart, uh, our efforts are going to be greatly uh, greatly improved if we can have conditions in which we can do that. So that's kind of a long way of saying these are the rules for today. <laughs> so one thing, uh, since we want to train the heart and make a connection to the heart, we want to try to cut out uh, different distractions. So for this, for this seven-hour period, we're going to really focus on the heart. And for this seven-hour period, we're going to not focus on the smartphone. Uh, so uh, what I would suggest, well, what I would ask is no electronic devices in this space at all during the day, even during lunch, please, uh, and including for taking notes and things like that. Uh, you know, it really requires concentration and stillness and a wholehearted effort to learn to connect to the heart. So we don't want to divide our attention uh, with uh, other things that really, you know, have the capacity to really take us off the track. Uh, also, what I would ask is that we stay uh, in our seats during the talks and during the sittings, unless, of course, there's an emergency, you have to get up and use the bathroom or you're not feeling well or whatever. But try to stay in your seat uh, because people are getting up. That's also distracting, particularly when, the, uh, when there's talking, you know, when I'm trying to teach. Uh, also, we ask that you don't lie down uh, unless there's a physical need why you need to lie down. Uh, and, and the last thing is that the day is going to be in silence. So from now until 5 o'clock, we're going to be in silence. So uh, that means, you know, kind of not talking to your neighbor. I'm going to be talking a lot. So you probably say, what do you mean it's in silence? He doesn't stop talking. Uh, and we'll have some time for questions, things like that. But from now until 5, we're going to make a commitment to being in silence, which means during lunch in the space. When we get to the lunch period, I'll talk about that. But I suggest that you maintain silence during lunch. Also, if you go out uh, to the extent that you can. Again, you know, these are ways that we create conditions so that we can connect to the heart. Uh, in the silence, uh, we're able to, you know, it's, it's a very subtle, very subtle art of being able to connect to the heart and being able to discern the qualities of the heart, like appreciation. They're subtle qualities, right? They're subtle qualities, you know? So in the silence, like we have now, uh, 
you know, we're able to he hear. You know, sometimes discernment, it's good to think of it as hearing. You know, you're able to hear those subtle movements in the heart. So the silence is really an important part of the day. So, brightening the mind. One thing I really try to emphasize, and those of you who know me for a long time know this, uh, what I really try to emphasize is when we're developing uh, the Buddha's path, this is a teaching you know, that the Buddha gave, that people have been practicing with for years. When we're developing the Buddha's path, what we're doing is we're learning skills. We're learning skills. So it's not mystical, it's not an abstract thing. Uh, what we teach is a step-by-step -step approach for learning to cultivate the heart, in this case, learning to cultivate the quality of appreciative joy in the heart. So uh, I'm going to be giving a skills-based approach, a step-by-step -step approach today. Uh, I do have a handout uh, that I'll give out at lunch, which pretty much has the notes for the skill. Uh, it's pretty simple. Once I start it, you'll say, oh my god, there's like this part and that part. Uh, but it's a pretty simple skill to learn to develop. From my perspective, we can all learn to do this. You know, everybody can learn to develop the skill. The problem where people get thrown off in terms of developing the skill is that they don't follow the steps of the skill. You know, and then they complain that I'm not getting, I'm not achieving what I thought I was going to achieve. But you have to follow the steps if you want to be able to develop the skill. So I'm going to offer these skills, uh, this overall skill of learning to cultivate brightness, this quality of brightness, which is really this quality of appreciation or appreciative joy. Uh, appreciative joy being one of the sublime abidings, uh, along with metta and compassion and equanimity. So. I like to think of it, and I think this is a good way to think about it, as a sublime attitude, right? We're really learning to cultivate this particular sublime attitude. And another way to think about that is like, you know, we're learning to change our attitudes, or, you know, to go from our less than sublime attitudes to being able to cultivate this sublime attitude of appreciation or appreciative joy or brightness. So why do we do this? Uh, in and of itself, just experiencing and being in this attitude of appreciation, uh, having this quality of brightness, just in and of itself, uh, there's a great, uh, there's a happiness that we experience when we are able to uh, connect to this quality, okay? So there's a quality of happiness that we know when we connect to the heart, when we make this effort to connect to the heart. Uh, you know, the Buddha was really clear about this. He said, any moment in which you're connected to your heart, if it's metta or appreciation, is a moment when you're, when you're removed from the qualities of aversion and desire and delusion. You're removed from suffering. In that moment, whatever that moment is, even if it's just a finger snap, you're removed from the qualities of suffering, and the heart is free in, the, in that moment. He was very adamant about this. In fact, if you read the passages in the suttas, he says, don't tell me that when you're connected to the quality of appreciation, appreciation that you could be feeling aversion or desire or that you're suffering. In those moments when you're connected, uh, you are free from your suffering and you begin to experience the happiness of the heart, the happiness of the heart. Yeah. So 
you know, and again, you know, oftentimes what it is is that finger snap of a moment. That finger snap of a moment is extremely powerful. You know, the Buddha's, you know, weights and measurements are different than ours. You know, that finger snap of metta, or in this case appreciation, has a profound effect, has a profound effect on our lives and uh, our capacity to develop the heart. So, you know, what we're kind of striving for are those finger snap moments. And in those moments, we begin to know the happiness of the heart. We know the happiness of the heart. But also, this quality of brightness in the heart leads to the development of concentration. So this quality of brightness in the heart uh, enables us to keep our mind in the present moment. It's a good way to think about concentration, it enab- being in the present moment, right? This quality of brightness, the Buddha said, is really essential to being able to maintain present moment awareness. In fact, this quality of brightness or appreciation, he said, is the proximate joy, of approximate cause of concentration. So it's the cause that leads most directly to the development of concentration. So the Buddha gave a teaching called the dependent origination, dependent co-arising. We often know dependent co-arising that leads to suffering, but he also taught the dependent co-arising that leads to the end of suffering. It begins with right understanding. My actions have consequences. If I take skillful actions, this will lead to beneficial results. The second step is the intention to take skillful actions. This is how we move towards the end of suffering. Uh, The third step in that causal chain is taking skillful actions. The fourth step in that causal chain is the joy that arises in the heart when we take skillful actions and reflect on them. Today we're going to really work on reflecting on skillful actions. And the next link in that causal chain is the development of concentration. And the next is the development of insight that comes out of concentration, and out of insight comes freedom. So this quality of brightness in the heart, developing this quality of brightness in the heart and mind is really very, very, very important in terms of being able to develop meditation practice, in terms of being able to develop concentration, in terms of being able to maintain present moment experience. And if you think about it, it really makes sense, right? If you are going to be present, the present moment needs to have some brightness in it, right? There needs to be some quality of joy in the present moment if we're going to maintain awareness in the present moment. People tend to think, well, I'm meditating so that I can, uh, so that I can experience joy. The way the Buddha really taught it was you cultivate joy by developing good qualities, and that's what enables you to be present. And then, of course, the more present you are, the more skillful qualities you can develop, the more skillful actions you can take, and there's more joy and more capacity to be present. So this quality of brightness is really integral to being able to develop meditation practice. I mean, integral. Uh, you know, and conversely, darkness in the mind is, is uh, uh, averse to being able to be in the present moment. That's why if you're really depressed, you know, depression is a contraindication to meditation. You shouldn't try to meditate. Actually, if you're really depressed, the practice that we're doing today is, is a good practice to do in small doses uh, as, a, as an antidote to, to darkness. You know, it's like, I always say, it's kind of like, if, you know, if this class is somewhat, if this day long, this retreat is somewhat joyful for you and your heart is bright, 
you know, you're going to want to be in this room, you know, it's like if I'm really an ogre, you know, and I'm really terrible and the room is bad and everybody here is, you know, it's like you're going to leave like probably after the sitting, you know, you're not going to want to be here. You know, there needs to be this quality of, in anything that we do in life, a quality of brightness in order for us to bring our attention to what we're doing. That's just how the human mind and heart are, you know? The Buddha understood how the human mind and heart are, and he understood that if we're going to be present, the present moment moment must include an element of joy. So we can develop this quality, you know? It's like you could say, well, I don't have that, you know? It's like, well you can develop it. You can develop these qualities. Uh, so one of the things that, and again, people who've uh, been students of mind for years know that uh, one of the things that I've always taught when I teach breath, teach breath meditation, I was going to say I'm starting a breath meditation course in a few weeks, which I am, but it's in Germany, so it's probably not, my commercials aren't going to work as well here. Uh, so one of the things that when I teach breath meditation that we, we do uh, is that we begin each sitting by brightening the mind. You know, I have a commitment to myself. Every time I meditate, I take a minute or so to brighten the mind, to use the skills that I'm going to teach here today. Uh, and I think it's really kind of a good practice. You know, every time you sit and meditate, take, you know, it's only maybe 30 seconds, a minute to brighten the mind. You do that every day over weeks, months, years. You know, it goes a long way to developing the skill. And of course, there's you can do. There's more that you can do too. But once I started doing that in my meditation, my meditation got so much stronger, so much stronger. And I'll talk more about that. So, the practice. This is where we get into the step part. There's three steps. Okay, and again, this will be in the handout. Uh, I'm going to go through this in all of the settings that we're doing, and it's going to be a little protracted because I'm teaching the skill, uh, which means that the practice of brightening in the meditation is going to be a little bit longer than you would probably do in a daily setting. Uh, three steps. So the first step is we reflect on goodness. We reflect on our own goodness and the goodness in the world. And again, I'll go into this in detail. Another way of thinking about it is uh, we reflect on the blessings of our goodness and the goodness in the world. That's step one. Step two is, is the connection to the feeling of gratitude. So the reflection on our blessings, the reflection on the goodness, our own goodness and the goodness in the world leads to the feeling of gratitude, which is an emotional quality. And gratitude, feeling gratitude, step two leads to step three, which is brightness, which is a hard quality, the quality of appreciation. So those are the three steps, reflection on blessing, the feeling of gratitude, and the uh, discernment of the quality of appreciation in the heart. And again, I'll go through all of these. So when we talk about this first step, the reflection on our blessings, the reflection on our goodness and the goodness in the world, uh, and again, this is all in the handout, there's four categories of blessings that the Buddha teaches, four categories of blessings, so four categories of goodness that we learn to reflect on. The first is our own goodness. The second is uh, the beings in our lives who support us and care for us, their goodness. Uh, the third is the goodness of the Dharma, and the fourth is the goodness of life. 
So I'm going to go through each of these four categories today, and we'll learn to reflect on each of these four categories, cultivate gratitude and appreciation. So we'll begin uh, this morning with uh, reflection, the reflection on the blessing of our own goodness. The reflection on the blessing of our own goodness. So uh, what the Buddha teaches, I always think people think I'm making all of this up, you know. Uh, but people have been doing this for thousands of years. So uh, it's just, in part, uh, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say it. nobody teaches this, but I'm not going to say that. Uh, so, uh, so the reflection on our goodness includes the reflection on three elements of our goodness. You know, those are known as the three elements of merit. Okay? This is a very traditional and very basic teaching. Uh, the three elements of merit, generosity, virtue, and effort. Uh, years ago, I gave a course in, right in this very room on this topic, and it was called uh, A Life of Inner Worth. You know, this is our inner worth. Our goodness is expressed in our generosity, our virtue, and our effort, the effort that we make to train the mind and to open the heart. So these three elements of merit we learn to reflect on beginning with generosity, right? So we reflect on the blessing of our generosity. Now this class today, retreat today, isn't about so much, although it is to some extent uh, for some of us in some ways, uh, about learning how to cultivate generosity. It's more about learning to reflect on our generosity. So this sort of, uh, this step that comes before, of course, that comes before joy, which is the actual practice of generosity. But the truth of it is, is that we've all practiced generosity. You know, we've all practiced generosity. For a lot of us, we can do more. All of us can do more. But for most of us, the problem isn't so much our generosity. The problem is we don't reflect on it. Or we reflect in a way like, oh, I should have given more. Or I really didn't give that skillfully. You know, that kind of a thing. So. The reflection on generosity is the first reflection. Uh, so we reflect on the way that we've been able to give out of compassion in an effort to help others alleviate their suffering, the way that we've been able to give resources, and the resource of our time, uh, which is really, in many ways, the most important thing in terms of our giving. So, and again, we'll go through this in the sitting. Uh, so we reflect. What's reflection? We remember. We remember our generosity. We bring it to mind. We bring it to mind. We could think about specific ways in which we've been generous, the way that you were able to help a friend who was sick, or a parent, or a child. Uh, we've all practiced generosity in different ways. Uh, or we can think in a more general way about our generosity. So how do we remember our generosity? This is a question that always is, is kind of a little tricky, but the more you understand how you remember your generosity, the more you'll be able to remember it and remember it in a skillful way. Whenever I ask this question, people usually, I don't know, how do I remember my generosity? The way you remember your generosity is to tell yourself about the things that you did that were generous. So the technical term is internal verbal fabrication. You use words, oh yeah. I was generous to my mom. I took her to, to see the doctor. 
uh, or whatever else you did. So you use words and sentences in the mind, or you can use images. So again, the technical term is fabrication. You are remembering by proactively using the thinking mind. The thinking mind is very important. Yeah, that's what will lead you to your happiness in this life, is your thinking mind. It's also what will lead you to incredible suffering in this life. What we're doing here today is learning to use your thinking mind in the service of leading you to happiness. Right? And there's very specific ways that we learn to do that within the confines of the Buddha's teaching. And this is one of the most important. By using the thinking mind to reflect on our blessings in the service of cultivating the heart. And there's a very specific way that we can learn to do that. So we use fabrication, words, sentences in the mind, or images. A lot, of, uh, a lot of people are more visually inclined. I tend to be more, I, when I do this reflection, I can be visual. I tend to be more words and sentences combined. Uh, I remember uh, when we started this center, uh, you know, we, the center was going on for about maybe a year or so. And one day we got a phone call like we had a voicemail box, you know, and you know, they, the Pratt University, Pratt Institute wanted somebody to come and teach meditation to them, and it was like nobody wanted to do it, or could do it, you know, and I wasn't a teacher at the time, and they were like, you got to do this. I was like, no way, I'm not teaching, I don't want to be a teacher, like, no, you got to do this, they want somebody to go over there and teach, so I was like, all right, you know, uh, and that's kind of like how I became a teacher, you know, and it kind of went on from that. But you know, I realized you know they all thought very visually because they were art students, you know, and it was like it was because it wasn't the way that I tended to think. So I had to really it was it was really good for me because I learned about the way that people fabricate using visual images. So we remember, we reflect, we use words, sentences, or images to remember our generosity, and then we see about connecting uh, to the feeling of gratitude. Now that could include some internal fabrication, uh, like I have gratitude or just the word gratitude. So you can use some gratitude to be able to start connecting, but ultimately you want to start to learn to feel gratitude as a felt sense and emotional quality in the body. So the first part is we're using the head, but we're using the head ultimately to get to the heart. So we're using the head to get to the emotional quality. We're not quite at the heart yet, but we're really close. The emotional quality in the body. And once we get into the body, that leads to the third piece, which is the quality of appreci appreciative joy, which is that felt sense in the heart. And that might just be a very subtle glimmer of light. You know, it's not like when I came through the uh, Lincoln Tunnel two days ago, you know, at night, right into Times Square, and I was like, that, you know, that's what people think it's going to be like. No, it's going to be a very subtle, gentle, soft glimmer of light in the heart. And so we learn to connect that in the felt sense. So we use fabrication to connect to the emotional quality, which is a little easier to connect to, and then that leads to the being able to connect to the heart quality. So we do that with generosity, and we do the same thing with virtue. So when we're talking about virtue, we reflect on the way that we practice non-harming, the way that we practice non-harming. So uh, classically, that includes the way that we follow the precepts, 
the way that we've been able to refrain from killing any living creatures, the ways that we've been able to refrain from stealing, the ways that we've been able to refrain from illicit sexual conduct, the ways that we've been able to refrain from harmful speech and lying, and the ways that we've been able to refrain from taking intoxicants that cause us to do the other four things, uh, to be heedless. So we can reflect again in a very, uh, very uh, specific way about things that we've been able to do that are an expression of non-harming or just in a general way. You know, mostly, again, the way that we use the mind unskillfully is we spend most of the, our time thinking, or at least I, did, I historically have done, thinking about our faults, about the time when we spoke unskillfully. And sometimes you need to think about those things in the service of changing your unskillful behavior. That's not what today is about. You can do that tomorrow. Today is about thinking about your goodness. I always used to teach, I always still teach this when I teach the precepts. You know, the precepts are about understanding your goodness. You know, it's not saying you're bad. It's saying, you know, you've been able to refrain from stealing. You've been able to refrain from killing. So today we're really, again, shifting the way that we think from thinking about our faults and castigating ourselves and judging ourselves to thinking about our goodness. And again, we go through that same process. A lot of people, this is hard to do. You know, this is really hard to do. You know, the Buddha said, you have to learn to do this. He was really adamant about this. You have to learn to do this. He said this again and again. People think, oh, I'm not being modest, you know. You have to learn to do this. You're just reflecting on your goodness, which isn't really your goodness. It's the goodness that you've had the great blessing to be able to be bestowed with the potential for this goodness in being born into this human realm. So you're just reflecting on, you know, the blessing that that is. You don't have to think about it as your goodness. Just think about it as the goodness that, as a human being, you have the ability to develop and that you have developed to the extent that you have. The third quality, the third uh, aspect of merit of our goodness is, is our effort. And specifically, that's the effort that we make in meditation, the effort that we make in training the mind, the effort that we make in cultivating the heart, the effort that we make in abandoning aversion and desire, and developing more love and more compassion and more appreciation. So that's actually said to be the great, your, your most profound form of merit is the effort that you make in training the mind. Think about it, right? If you make that effort to train the mind, then you'll be able to develop uh, generosity and virtue to a greater extent. You know, concentration, the training of the mind, uh, is the proximate cure's cause of the purification of your skillful actions. So the more you develop the mind, the more you'll be able to develop your goodness. That's why it's the most important aspect of merit. So we reflect. You can reflect on the effort that you've made to meditate. Some of you have meditated for a long time, 10 years, 20 years. Some of you have meditated for 10 days, 20 days. Some of you have meditated for one day. That's extraordinary. Most people never meditate for one day. You know, so we reflect on that. You know, typically it's like, oh, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't meditate this week. Oh, over the last year, I, it's like that's how we tend to think, right? So today we're going to think about you know, all that effort that we've made to, to meditate, whatever it is. We can think about the effort that we're making, that we made today to come here. That's an expression of your goodness. That's an expression of your goodness, just coming here. There's a lot of other things that you could have done on a beautiful spring weekend. 
You know, most people are doing a lot of other things. You came here. That's an expression of your goodness. You're making this effort to train your heart. You, know, you do a lot of good things. You've learned to develop your goodness and you've expressed your goodness in the world. You know, again, we need to reflect on that and acknowledge that. So, let's practice with this. So I'll pretty much, I'm going to kind of go through this. So most of the, a lot of the setting will be guided and then we can kind of move into the breathing. Uh, and then after the setting, we'll do a little walking if we have a chance to stop. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.